0: Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Predators. This is Justin Bradford, Matt Best. I'm back. He's back. We're both back. Yay. Together uh, forever. Together forever. Nashville Predators. Uh, wow. Two double overtime games. They get the victory. Uh, It's – I will say, Matt, not exactly like I scripted it, but I this is not that I told you so necessarily, but I knew they'd feed off that home crowd and that they would spark them a little bit more and that they'd figure some things out. And I believe I did say they'd win the two home games. You did.
1: You you did say they would win the two home games. I'm just – impressed and usually it takes a lot to make me go <laughs> hmm, wow okay um I this team is nowhere without UC Saros. I, I think that needs to be said over and oh, over franchise record setting again yeah. like ever the first line showing up when Kyle and I did our episode together he was talking about how badly he wanted Matt Duchesne on the f- first line well Matt Duchesne looks like a very good hockey player up on that first line. And it's, it's kind of weird to me because this has happened in the past where he's been given opportunities this season, early on last season, like he's had the opportunity to, to perform before, but this time starting at the end of the season against the uh, hurricanes, he's kind of run with it and uh, feels weird to say, but without Matt Duchesne, obviously they're not where they are right now. He's, Actually being a difference maker on the ice, and he deserves a bit of credit.
0: He he is, and when you look at this too and Matt Duchesne, he was trying to be the overtime hero once again.
1: Oh, that in, oh, in game four. If he spun and got like after that spin move, it was one of those where you're if you're sitting down, you like <laughs> grab the edge of your chair and you start oh, to yeah. like, lift up a little, and I was like, Oh, gotta go change my pants. Okay,
0: <laughs> but there are so many moments uh in in this game, too, let's start from the beginning before we dive into it. Because just to give folks an idea of what we're going to cover, it's just, you know, what way we scripted it penalty comments. Let's discuss what Brendan uh, Moore had to say and how this game played out. And we'll go into it as well. Is Nashville just being better? Is Carolina not playing as well? Is it both? Is it neither? We'll, we'll get into that. But early on in this game, there's obviously plenty of energy in the building, but 57 seconds in, Luke Cunningham scores.
1: That's his, uh, okay, that's so his
0: first playoff point as a
1: predator. Admittedly, <laughs> I was just getting home from the driving range and, or no, it was grocery shopping. I was just getting home for, and I turned on the TV and I turned it on. And I was like, this is an opening face off. All the score bugs wrong at the top. I was like, oh no, there was a goal. Cool. Like that is the exact <laughs> moment I turned it on. I was like, wow. Alrighty then, here we
0: go. It was fast. And this, is a, this was a game two of teams answering each other. And then finally getting it going because, I mean, the Predators had that goal. Carolina tied it up with less than two minutes remaining (laughs) in the first period. Nashville gets the go-ahead fairly early on in the second period. Then again, less than two minutes, just one fifty five left in the second period. Brock McGinn, Carolina ties it up. They answer. But then flip the channel here or flip the situation. And very early on, 13 seconds into the third period, Carolina goes up, Brock McGinn again. So they have a lead. Then it's all about Nashville answering. And at this point in time, Matt, the momentum was all for Carolina. When you score that early Mm
1: -hmm. to
0: take a lead, especially in the third period like that, all the momentum just immediately swung. You feel the energy. Well, then what happened after that? Bad penalty. Penalty that uh, Hamilton took and put the Predators on the power play. What do the Predators finally do with their second power play unit?
1: Weird, weird. I don't like it. I don't like C- see. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the, the box score right now. It says Nick Cousins, PPG. And that's not points per oh, game. That's power play goal. And I think power play goal more surprising than it's points per game. It's a beautiful tip
0: too. <laughs> and that's what you want to see. If you're going to score on the power play, it's got to be a little bit creative like that. You got to do something different and getting a tip in goal or redirect. That's what you got to do uh, to beat. Now, <laughs> the power play still is looking overall pretty rough in this game, yeah, but fun. flip side, the 180 of that, Matt, the penalty kill, the penalty kill, even whatever comments have been said, we'll discuss that in the next segment. The penalty kill has been playing very, very well overall. Uh, and, and I want to credit them because we spoke when we in this series too, that if you give Carolina four power play opportunities, but the way they were converting the regular season, they're going to get one. They're converting just over 25% is pretty stellar they're what 25.6 percent in the regular season meaning the chances are they're going to get at least one if you give them four well they've had they had four and the, the predators held them scoreless on the power play and Carolina's looking a little discombobulated at times in special teams so they're getting some opportunities but one once again you to stepping up big and another big thing too the national predators in this game had 31 block shots so Saros made a tremendous amount of saves. I mean, he faced on goal 61 shots and he saved 58 of those. Then you look at the block shots, 31 block shots by the natural predators. That is a tremendous amount of rubber hitting bodies and not even getting through. And in terms of total shot attempts based on natural stat trick, the hurricanes had 111 shot attempts, 111, 31 blocked 61 on net and the rest just, didn't make it through but that right there too i asked john hines just about this in terms of the sacrifice that these, these guys are making and it's not just about the sacrifice too it's when you're blocking this many shots you're disrupting carolina's game plan you're disrupting their speed you're making things not go the way they think they're going to go in terms of setting up for rebound opportunities things like that but it also sets up things going the other direction it immediately changes possession in a lot of these facets that a puck will bounce off a player and you change possession immediately that's what i noticed in this game too
1: a lot of Carolina's identity and they led the league in the uh, regular season. I don't have the number off the top of my head, but I do know they led the league in uh, takeaways when like committing to a dump and chase. And part of a dump and chase, it can be a shot. So if you're flinging something in like from near the blue line and it hits someone, that's a shot and that's a block shot going the other way. So if the predators are able to do that, they're disrupting the second part of Carolina's identity. The first part's obviously speed. Their second part is just their efficient efficiency on like the four check. Um, and you saw many times Carolina had no problem getting out of their own end, no problem getting through the blue line. And then if it wasn't a high skill line, like the first line with guys like Aho, Teraviden, Biden and uh, Svechnikov who can just lug it in with pure skill The second and third line rely on that dump and chase because they are quick as hell too and get in behind the defenseman. Well, you can't really go after the puck behind the defenseman if the defenseman just goes, no, no, this hits me. Thanks. This is mine. Breakout. And so I'll give more credit too to the defense this game just in terms of being able to move the puck up the ice quickly. It was get the puck, quick decision, go. Instead of get the puck, be cute about it, go behind her own net. It felt like the tempo was always go, 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 go. Instead of the first two games where it was get it, settle the puck down, play it slow. And Carolina gets to go back and set up in their own zone defensively. I think this is a much better game by Carrier compared to his last. Oh, yeah. Last game was not good whatsoever. Probably the worst game of his career. But I mean, if the worst game of your career is coming in the third game of the playoffs and double overtime, you're doing something right. <laughs> uh, I want to touch on the power play real quick. I was talking to Daniel yesterday or two days ago, based on when you hear this. And uh, we were talking about just how the, the power play unit isn't looking the greatest well since March 1st up until the beginning of this game now the National Predators power play was 16 for 104 that's 15.3 percent now if you've listened to this podcast you know I enjoy the Toronto Maple Leafs I live near where they play et cetera, et cetera. and to start the season one of the best power play units in the NHL started something ridiculous like near 50 percent efficiency well since March 1st the Leafs 10 for 93 that's 10.7 percent the moral of this story is you can still be a pretty good hockey team if you play well five-on-five five and then treat your power play as an added bonus, but you better be damn good in terms of just strong five-on-five five play, killing off penalties, and getting strong goaltending. The Leafs do that pretty well. The Car- or the National Predators are starting to do that quite well as well, and you're seeing the results of it tying up the series 2-2.
0: Yeah, and so other little things of note here two double overtimes mean these guys need a break, both teams. You could start seeing lactic acid. Second, oh, gosh, especially in the second overtime, the, the pace was slowing down tremendously. And there were still times, obviously, I mean, even if you look at just in terms of time of possession, the Carolina Hurricanes from the, the get go were dominating possession. And you see that by the number of shot attempts. I mean, in terms of the Corsi shot attempts for the Hurricanes, 111, Predators, 64. But shot quality, <laughs> on the other hand, obviously went in the Predators' favor with that. And we'll discuss this in the last segment, too, of the differences between these two teams and how Nashville is just potentially getting better and Carolina not playing to their potential. But either way, Nashville shows they belong. They show they belong in the playoffs. They show that they're making this a series. And they also show, too, that the run they made to get to the playoffs was not just a fluke to get the playoffs. They are a competitive team now. Whether the series ends in six games or seven games, no matter who is on the the winning side of that, it shows that Nashville belongs, that they were really actually gelling. They were actually improving as a team as the season progressed in the spring, and that wasn't just some fluke thing, and the use of Saros' play wasn't some fluke thing. They legitimately did get better. Yusuf Saros legitimately is a good goalie. He's being tested game after game after game and in long overtime situations as well. The mental fortitude, the the, the amount of physicality it takes for a goaltender to last that long and to win these games as well and make stellar saves when you have to make stellar saves, is showing that Yusuf Saros is coming into his own. Now that litmus test, I believe, has been passed. We've seen this. He is capable of doing this. Can you have these types of games all the time and make it sustainable? No, but it shows that in the playoffs, when his back's against the wall, when his team's back is against the wall, he can win a game for them. He can make the saves that are necessary to win the game. That's what we've been wanting to see. And he's proven that in the playoffs. He even had strong games and losses. I mean, that, that's the thing, too. But now in showing in double overtime, two double overtimes, that he can get a win and set a an franchise record in saves and get the win, that's what's impressive to me. Uh, the, the other thing, too, is that you're seeing some depth scoring come into play. And that's obviously always important. You're always seeing a guy like Luke Cutton get two very timely goals. I mean, you think Luke Cunningham's first goal set a big momentum and energy swing for the Predators to start the game. And you know they fed off of that. Yeah, it, it – Wanes away after a little bit, but to start that hot, you know, Carolina's probably wanting to come in big time. And for Nashville to stifle Carolina's energy within the first minute of the game, that helps set a good tone overall. Uh, and then obviously cut in and gets, gets the winner big time there. Another downside <laughs> that I'll say, and I know people said it on Twitter, and I harp on it because it's, I believe it's true. Ben Harper is, is a traffic cone and continues to be a traffic <laughs> cone. And do I just, he
1: does fun things at the fans, like like punches dudes in the head and drags them out. You mean like any oh, other player would and do like
0: and shoving a course. linesman that should that could potentially get you ejected from the game? Yeah, like, yeah, scramble, yeah. But he uh, plays a fun fan favorite way. Okay, no, 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 he doesn't. That, you yeah, can, yeah, help. yeah, like. okay, yeah. Matthew Olivier and Tanner Geno play a fun fan favorite game. Jakob Tredan plays a fun fan favorite game. There's got to be another option, right? Like there's, there's got to be yeah, something else there is it's Eric and branson i mean i get i think i said it last week i'd rather Eric and branson be in there than ben harper as, I, as a veteran I, leadership
1: i'd rather play five defensemen like the hurricanes technically did in uh, the last Jeez. game
0: but, but that, that's my big negative right there because I, I the predators have been playing really well and i mean They're playing against a very good Carolina Hurricanes team, but the Predators are showing that they absolutely win 100% belong in this series. They've earned their way to tie the series 2-2. to It's not by luck. It's not by penalties. It's not by more power play opportunities given to them. They have battled their way into this series, and they've earned it 100%.
1: My question for you is where do you see uh, Saros now? So his career, based on just like the regular season, goals against average is 2.5. In 2020-2021, it was 228 before that, 2.7, 2.62, 2.45, 2.35, and I won't consider 3.1. And a save percentage right now sits at 9.0 or 9.20. I think Saros is somewhere between 2.62 and 2.28. I think he's a 2.45, 2. Point, yeah, 2.45 goals against average is what I'll say, and about a 9.20 save percentage, which is what his save percentage is, but he faces a ton of shots. That's a damn good goalie. That's where I see him. That's where people have always seen him too. It's just how consistent can you be is the question. Um, The doubts that people have about Saros going into next year should be very minimal compared to the last one, two, three, four, five seasons. He's been in the NHL, right? Uh, He's now considered the key cog of this team. When you look around other teams, it's like, all right, the Oilers have McDavid dry Seidel. And they have uh, Darnell Nurse. Those are They also three... have zero
0: wins in the playoffs right now.
1: Yeah, they just blew a 4-1 lead. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? Um, and it's like, those are your three cogs. Nashville, Soros was never one of those guys. It was just like, he's the extra guy that if he shows up, whoopie-doo. That's the like bonus. He enters that conversation now. Now it's Forsberg, Yossi, and Soros are your three horsemen.
0: Huh. It's, I mean, it's very similar. Like, Rene was, was the cog for a while. Yeah. Tomas Vokun. Was, was a cog for a while. Dan Ellis was a cog for a year. Uh, <laughs> um, but you're, you're right. I mean, he's obviously spent himself as a legitimate number one starter and not even just that. easily a, a top goaltender in the league now too. And if he continues this trend of playing lights out hockey, and again, it doesn't have to be this good. It doesn't have to be this good over you know this many games, but if you can, if he can play consistently over a season, he's going to get talked about for Vezina next year mm-hmm. like consistently. I mean, there's just no doubt about that because it's you're just, playing this it,
1: well. It's just this is the same kind of chatter, though. And this is just me on the outside looking in like I've been the whole season. This is the same thing with Jordan Bennington when he took him to the cup. Right. So just okay. be very weary. And what just happened to the Blues? It just got swept. Now, I'm not saying that Saros is going to regress, but if he regresses into what Bennington was slash is this year, that's not bad. It's not bad at all. Bennington kind of gets more of a pass because uh, he won a Stanley Cup. But right. it, that's that's not a horrible regression. If you get no regression, that's fantastic. Right. I'm not saying expect regression. I'm just saying don't be disappointed if there is a tiny bit of regression. And it'll
0: depend, too, on the team that ice is in front of him. I mean, that, that'll, that'll make a difference as well in terms of the defense if some moves are made and whatnot. Because either way, things are going to happen. What Win or lose, you're going to lose a couple guys. Things will change, da-da-da-da-da.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: either way. The good things are happening for the Predators. Let's discuss the penalty situation in this game, and Robert Moore's comments following the previous game, Game Three, and did that have any effect on it? Up next, Lock and Predators Podcast from Just Bradford. He's my best.
1: Okay, Justin's read this ad before, but I haven't. So I'm going to do what I usually do. Items highlighted in yellow are mandatory for you to read verbatim. Well, for Credit Karma, I'm going to do that right now. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. Ooh, I love doing this. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank. MVB. Matt. Can't think of an acronym there that's appropriate for this. Bank Incorporated member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Let's learn what this is. Credit Karma has always been there for you to help m- make better financial decisions and now they want to help even more with a credit karma money spend account you can be rewarded for good money habits who doesn't want instant gratification if you're looking for satisfaction there's no need to wait with credit karma money that's so hard to say you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases credit karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases got it i understand what this is now you get this checking account and you get cash back. It is an awesome way to get instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to five grand. So just use this thing, creditkarma.com winmoney. All righty, let's talk about Lucy Nicotine, a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Uh, Lucy has created a nicotine, nicotine gum with four milligrams, you can tell that I don't smoke because I can't say the word nicotine whatsoever. That comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate, I can say those flavors because I like food. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. It's convenient and discreet. Mm-hmm. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, hoo la la, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. Please, I, I don't have any nicotine personal stories, so if you have a personal story about nicotine and usage of it, let me know. Uh, It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape. Throw out your dip. Don't swallow it. And get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. Uh, You can go to Lucy.co and use promo code LockedOnNHL to get 20% off all products on your first order. That's Lucy.co, L-U-C-Y.co and use promo code LockedOnNHL at checkout. Warning, this product does can this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco nicotine is an addictive chemical keep bringing on the ad reads or i gotta read specific things it makes me happy lucy.co and be sure to use the promo code locked on nhl
0: and welcome back to locked on predators podcast Justin Bradford, brad from best congratulations to matt for going blind into those and getting through them and i'm I, so proud of you d- buddy yeah
1: we'll call it getting through it i don't smoke so that reading that one i was like smoke no smoke, smoke are bad. Are you
0: smoking yet? Smoke bad for you. I did get some really good cigars though when I was
1: in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> Definitely thought you were going to tell me a story about like how you smoked a pack a day or something. No. <laughs> also, for those who were blind, uh Justin had a Camaro in uh on his trip. I I don't know if anybody else caught your flex, but yeah, you had a Camaro. Well, well here's the thing. I would have done the same thing.
0: Well, of course, I'm going to say, because it makes people understand, too, how low the sucker was sitting when going oh, off-roading on dirt roads. I thought roads. You were going to say
1: it makes people understand how small your penis is, but that one works, too. Well. But- <laughs> well, this is a hell oh, podcast. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, um, when you're renting cars, typically, and you go convertible, typically, it's going to be a Mustang, right? Like, typically, yeah, that's like what they nine
1: have. out of ten times, it's a Mustang.
0: Exactly. My, my dad said that one time when they were in Vegas and they got a convertible, they ended up getting a, a, a Beetle. <laughs>
1: They got a thought. He liked
0: I- it though. He actually liked it. Uh, but I, I'm going to check to to get my car, and I bring the paperwork up to the guy at the parking garage in, in Vegas, and he points over. He goes, "All right, Convertibles right there. Only one left. That's yours." And, and you look, probably went, you "No."
1: Know, I look and I went, ah. "I hated all of that noise, but I loved it at the same time." <laughs>
0: And I walk up because the funny thing is, Alex, she was joking and saying, are you going to get a bumblebee? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I was like, I, I highly doubt that we're going to get a Camaro and especially a yellow one for rental car. So she called oh, yeah. it getting a Camaro. She, she called it. That's pretty impressive. And so I'm... I was like, we got a GD Camaro is what I texted her. <laughs>
1: uh, did, was the Camaro stick or was it auto? Was auto. I mean, it's a rental car. Come on now. I mean, who knows? I like, was it a V6 or a V8? Tell me more it's about it.
0: It's a V6. This. It's a rental car. What are you expecting from?
1: Alamo? I don't know. I, I want you to be ripping through the desert in a V8. Okay. Like, dropping the clutch and giving okay. her.
0: I will say, giving her. Uh, so I will say a couple things then. It was funny that when you go into like your manual shift gears, like for your lower gears, and you do have the little paddles on the steering All the paddle wheel. For switches?
1: Those. Yeah. Yeah. The the wannabe driver things.
0: I yeah. Love but on open road, very, very open road on a straightaway where there is zero cars, I did want to see what it could do in a very limited amount of time and space.
1: And you did. And I
0: did. I went zero to 105 uh, miles per hour
1: in, what, five seconds, maybe? Something like that? Nice. We'll never get sponsored by a car rental company in our lives, but Nice. <laughs> Yeah, i mean that's what people do but i like the last car rental i had was a kia freaking soul and i put my foot to the floor in that thing and it didn't go rr, rr, rr. it went Ugh.
0: yeah well a camaro even a v6
1: was just like throw you back in your seat oh yeah those get like the v 6s in these new cars are good even actually the Ecotec, pretty good mo- yeah even the ecotech mustangs yeah.
0: are pretty good too I mean, this even got pretty good miles per gallon I was pretty much I was pretty surprised that I was averaging like 39 miles per gallon. I don't know how in a Camaro, uh, but I did. But yes, it did feel really it did feel really good uh, to get up to some speed, and then immediately break because we're about to cross into California on our way to Death Valley. And what happens three miles down the road? Uh, a trooper has someone pulled over. <laughs> oh, wow. I, no exaggeration either. It was really cross over to California. We see blue lights ahead. And we're like, oh, God, <laughs> we got real lucky. Uh, anyways, back to Predators Talks. I know folks probably don't give a rat's ass about my vacation antics.
1: Hey, everyone cares.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, the penalty comments. Let's recap what was said after game three, which was a double overtime loss for the Carolina Hurricanes against the Nashville Predators. <clears throat> Head coach Rod Brindamore. We played our butts off. We played great. We played hard. We're playing a great team. We're in a battle. Nashville's a phenomenal team, but we're also fighting the refs. That's plain and simple. You can't tell me two games in a row, they get seven or eight power plays, and we get three when the game is this even. It's not right. Well, pretty certain we knew who the first power play was going to go to in this game. And lo and behold, it was the Carolina Hurricanes. And they end up having four power plays. The Predators did not get their first power play until the third period and that's what the one they scored on (laughs) yeah so i'm i don't want to just completely dive into the narrative but it does not look good when a head coach makes those comments to bring awareness to things
1: so the biggest thing that people are bringing up right now is the call that didn't occur on tolvanen right the high sticking Right. But that is an NHL rule. Whether it's stupid or not, it's still an NHL rule that it can't be reduced. Right. 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 And it just it it was ended up not being called was the whole thing. Right. Right. So what happened
0: was I originally called a double minor for high sticking, which is reviewable. Yes. But they cannot reduce it based on the NHL rule book that cannot be reduced to only a two minute because it was not called as a two minute. Correct. Therefore, it just wipes the penalty. I know that's confusing a lot. Of, everyone had to look it up. I mean, even the, the, the brightest minds and media are having to look this up to make sure because it seems like absolute BS because it still should have been a high sticky. He did get high sticked but, after I hear his, he got high sticked by his own player, but he right, still had a high he, stick.
1: He lost control of his own stick after he got high sticked by his own player. And the rule, like the one of the biggest rules in the rule book, is you must maintain control of your stick. Mm-hmm. The grip he had on his stick one handed. You and I could have stick lifted that to his jibs. So his own high sticking occurred on his own accord, which sounds like a weird thing to say, but he was barely holding on to it. Like he's holding on to it as tight as I don't know, you hold a baby's hand. You're not you're barely gripping. Baby's onto a pretty it because, good grips. Jeez. I mean, okay, we're not trying to crush the baby's fingers, but everyone was up in arms about that. Of like, oh, he took it in the face right after it's the second one, it's the second one. It's like if I'm a ref and I get to call that, I'm not calling it. He didn't have control of the
0: stick. But more of the hoopla was about the non-reduction.
1: Yes, well, uh, the more of the misunderstanding. Of did,
0: yeah, most of us did not understand. I mean, I'd usually tend to sit and wait and play, let things play out <laughs> before yeah. before I get caught in a hot take, hot take uh, comment thread and everything. If that's what it ended up being was that they could not like that was part of the rules. It cannot be reduced. It can only be overturned. Mm-hmm. which is one of those things again it's like come on because if it's reviewable and you realize okay the blood didn't come from this play but the high stick still happened just throwing this case out if it does happen where a player does show blood but it does not a result of this incident it should be able to be reduced because the there's teams still go on the power play
1: so that's one rule that i think needs to be altered with for sure Totally. And, like, there's there's many rules. We could literally spend an episode of, like, what you and I would do to change rules. Well, now you say that, you know, we're
0: going to have people requesting it.
1: I know. And one of them, and I'll tease it, too, <laughs> is uh, the offside review. Oh, Just tease it. I hate it. I it, explodes, like it slows games down so much. It is, the like, the human error aspect in that is the same of calling balls and strikes as an umpire in the MLB. Right.
0: But I will say the Predators have paired well in terms of them challenging but when it comes against them it hasn't boded well either yeah Uh, but it does it slows games down because sometimes it takes forever anyways back to rod brindamore's comments i want to know because i was not able to hear your thoughts or if you're even able to hear those before you recorded what were Mm -hmm. your thoughts on his comments and then what played out in this game
1: his comments i loved It's been a theme around the whole NHL and the NHL does a thing every single year before the playoffs. I don't know if a lot of people know this because I learned about it very recently. The referees basically ask all the teams to be like, please don't criticize the referees during the playoffs, like especially the playoffs, because it is a really hard job with how loud it is and you're hearing how loud it is in certain arenas. It's like just give them benefit of the doubt. That's why there's so many reviews in place. I like Brendan Moore's comments. I've liked every coach's comments across the NHL and calling out the refs. I think it's BS that the refs go, please don't, don't, don't tell us that we're doing a bad job. I love it. It's part of the game. It's hold everyone accountable kind of thing. Um, in terms of the game flow for this game, based on the comments, it just kind of worked out that way and looks nice. And like, it just kind of went, well, he said this. Therefore, this happened. And on paper, this was it. But I just think this was a more disciplined game uh, as a whole. The calls weren't loosey goosey like they were in game three. Game three was just that was bad. That was bad officiating. No part of that was good. This was a well called game for the most part. Like there wasn't anything up in arms that would cause like if me and you were coaching either one of these teams, I don't think we'd be talking a lot about penalties.
0: I mean John Hines is pretty upset early on. He said some wordy dirds uh to yeah. the officials. Uh he's trying to he's trying to fight for his guys too. I mean that's oh, just Of course, I it, mean it's... every
1: coach is going to fight for his own guys whether oh, yeah. or not like I mean you saw in the in the Leafs and the Habs game, Mark Bergevin thought that uh Carey Price was interfered with yet Carey Price didn't throw up a fuss whatsoever. Right. Mark Bergevin's the GM, therefore a goal review and uh it wasn't good. Like every guy's going to fight for their own guy. It, sure. It's just is there an actual case to be had, like a serious, oh my goodness, what a botched call kind of case. And I think in game three, there were a ton. Was that your cat or you? Are you okay? I'm okay. It was a Funko Pop falling. Oh, okay. So no human <laughs> life or animal life was involved. Basically, long answer didn't listen is there wasn't much of a case for that storyline to really, really be pushed forward.
0: Okay. So let me throw this at you then. Was there a case for Hurricanes fans to be that upset with it being lopsided, or (laughs) were, or were the Nashville Predators just playing more disciplined hockey in the previous game to not get as many penalties called against
1: them? I mean, I'm flipping it on you. You you lose a game, you're going to be pretty pissed off and say a lot of things really quickly, and that's all Twitter was. And like, I I know it's it can go the same way though, right? Like, if this happened to the Preds, Preds fans are going to be busting everyone's balls on Twitter about wanting this call and that call.
0: Yeah, but I'm not sure because I don't obviously haven't followed the Hurricanes as closely to know their history. Predators fans the past couple seasons also know that the Predators have been pretty bad before with their discipline and taking too many penalties to where they say, stop taking so many penalties instead of always blaming the refs. Yeah. So, but it'd be curious to see how that play out, whether it would be, them and it obviously depends on the type of calls. If they're the lazy penalty calls or the you got beat calls, which are you know the hooking, the holding, the or interference, or tripping things like that. Um, and compared to other ones, preventing goals. I think that changes the narrative too. I just wanted to get your take on it because I thought it was interesting. Because it, I, I don't think the referees were Mary Kane the whole game, I really don't. No. No. I don't think that's that's one of those things it's 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 difficult to do, it's difficult to marry Kay the whole game. Has officiating been bad? Yes, officiating sucks.
1: This whole maybe. year it's been sh- bad. Ooh,
0: <laughs> it has. It really has. So I mean, I, I think someone asked. The, Just want to make sure that I'm on the right page. Is is it bad? I'm like yeah,
1: yeah. It's if bad. you it, if you get kind of bad, you had a good officiating game. Like yeah. that's, that's the standard right now. Right. If you get excellent, th- at no point until maybe the Stanley Cup Finals will there be. And I quote, "Let the boys play." Right there you won't see it it's just too hoity-toity right now of like hoity-toity. you tapped his glove with your stick that's two minutes oh, it's my like goodness. why <laughs> uh, retaliation penalties are being called out the wazoo though in every series yes. and yes
0: they are I like
1: it all right up next nashville playing better carolina
0: not playing as well both one or the other none let's discuss that up next lock to podcast from justin bradford and he is matt best and, folks, you know that I enjoy my built bars. I talk about it all the time. I even took them on traveling on vacation. I made sure I had a packet of built boost for every morning so I get my vitamins because it tastes great. Have it in the morning, get it through my system, pee it out in an hour, and I know what I didn't need. Also, bring a built bar. There's a perfect snack in an airplane, perfect snack in the airport because you know ex- how expensive airports can get with their food, right? Paid $6 for a bottle of smart water. Ridiculous. If you just bring your own flavor. (laughs) What flavor of what? Smart water. Regular. That's all I have at the airport. Regular regular flavor. Just There's no flavor smart water. What are you talking about?
1: Oh, I was thinking vitamin water. Carry
0: on. (laughs) Good lord. Messing up my live read. Sucking on a piece of popsicle wood. (laughs) So... You know how expensive that gets, but all you need to do is bring an empty bottle with you. You put a packet of your built boost and you go to one of your refill stations and boom, you have a flavored drink that's giving you vitamins and minerals that you need. And then you get built bar, which is a perfect snack, fills you up with protein. You have a flower flight. You're going to be full. It's going to keep you going for the entire day. Lots of great flavors. I know birthday cake is back. I ordered myself a box of birthday cake because of course I ordered myself a box of birthday cake bars, coconut brownie chunk peanut butter caramel whatever you want built bar has it keto friendly low in sugar high in protein you got to get a builtbar.com promo code locked 15 save 15 percent off your order at builtbar.com you're gonna get free shipping as well so you get free shipping place your order promo code locked 15 five at builtbar.com welcome back to the locking produce podcast justin bradford matt best i'm glad he took the stick out of his mouth
1: That's a good thing you uh, said the word stick there, and that's something else that ends in ick. Wick? John Wick. (laughs) John Wick. I rewatched the John Wick movies recently. Great time. Oh, I love them. They're so good. I love them. I love them in Dolby Digital. Have you seen, uh, there's a video on YouTube where they, it's the nightclub scene where he has a silencer on his pistol, and they overdo, or they redo the audio with what an actual silencer sounds like. Oh, man. Hilarious. Huh? Uh, yeah, I need
0: to go look there that is.
1: up. Also, uh, you're kind of nerdy, and we're on a nerdy subject right now, and I'm derailing kind already. already. Um, do you uh, watch Mark Rober's videos on YouTube? I've seen a couple of them, but not like religiously. Okay, go watch the re- most recent one he did with Squirrels in a Maze. And I don't know if it was because it was like 3 (laughs) a.m. last night or this morning, and I was super tired, but I watched that. And it was like Uh the most wholesome, nice video of him messing with like squirrels and traps and stuff in a humane way. You gave him a bunch of nuts. It was super nice. I liked it. Squirrels and their nuts, man. And mine. Yep. Ah,
0: okay. Mm. Natural predators make this a, a fairly quick one there. Are they playing better overall? or are the Carolina Hurricanes not playing up to their potential that we've seen, or is it both or neither? Matt, you first.
1: It is mostly the Nashville Predators playing much better, and that has to do with John Hines' coaching. It has to do with the know-how of putting Matt Duchesne on the top line because it kind of worked in the regular season against Carolina, so he's like, well, I might as well try it, see if the success boils over. And he full well knows that those two games in the regular season meant – of diddly squat but it also meant a time like we were saying to try some things out and he got to try matt duchene out in a kind of preview role on the first line and it's looked damn good um the other thing that i really did like is that he broke up yossi and ellis when he realized he ain't gonna work and he's continued on even though they are giving up goals the pairings look a lot better right now I'm not faulting him for having to play Ben Harper or get Branson. I mean, he's given what he's given. So, you guys to do what he is doing with that. <laughs> um, the Geno or Geno being out for this game, honestly, I didn't hate it. Uh, it wasn't like groundbreaking or anything for me. I hate Slack and having to have it open 24 hours of the day. If you can hear my Slack notification, um, Geno obviously is super fun to watch and be in the lineup, but if he just wants to sit, you know, for a game, put him in the press box because he's a young kid. I don't, I don't hate it. Like, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'm just very indifferent about it. If they lost this game, would it have been for that reason? No. Did they win this game for that reason? No. It's just small moves like that don't need, you, you don't really need to ostracize the coach for. But the big moves like keeping Duchesne on the top line, breaking up the D pairs, uh, changing up your defensive strategy to, like I alluded to earlier in the episode of block the shot and start your breakout immediately. That deserves some being talked about.
0: Yeah. I think you said a lot of great things there in terms of Carolina. I will say this about them, not playing up with the potential is their power play. That's the, obviously the biggest thing is that their power play is not converting the way it should, because these games could obviously look different if they were converting the power play in terms of how the predators have to respond to those things, but the Predators' penalty kill is also what's keeping the Carolina Hurricanes' power play from scoring. So it is absolutely the Predators playing better, looking, so they're continuing to look better with every game. Uh, granted, I would like to see less shots being taken on use Saros, but if that's one of those things, and with the way Saros has been playing, Fine, because they, they have two wins mm-hmm. now. They show they belong. They have they're oozing confidence right now, getting two double overtime wins. And what a way to build your confidence in everyone and your goaltender to win these style of games. Uh, and then knowing that you can some, slot some guys in. It goes back to, though, game one of what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> Basically, yeah. uh, with, with the lineup that this this is what people were kind of wanting was this already. This, this is what was being talked about of like, this makes sense. You can interchange a couple here and there, but going for two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese.
1: Oh, that sounds like so
0: on a sesame seed bun was not what was needed. <laughs> not a big Mac. They needed like just a quarter pounder. Yeah. In, in With this. cheese. With cheese. And that's what they're playing with right now. That you have a little more balance. Is it still physical? Absolutely, still physical. I mean, over thirty hits per team in this game. What was actually you know registered by the statisticians. But the National Predators overall are playing better. You're seeing creativity from multiple lines. Matt Duchene is kicking into a different gear. We're seeing playoff Ryan Johansson. I mean, Ryan Ellis leads the team in points right now. Four points in four games for him. That's a it's 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 a quiet overall quiet. Aside from you know blocking shots off your head. It's a quiet leading of points for Ellis with three assists and one goal. I mean, Forsberg, two goals. Johansson, two goals. Matt Duchesne has a key goal. Uh, Cunning with two key goals, but especially the one key goal. I mean, you're getting scoring from the first two lines overall, but you're getting contributions throughout the lineup in completely different ways. And that's what you want to see out of this Predators team. They look settled in. Whatever happens in the rest of the series, even if they lose in six games, we saw what they're capable of doing. It give some confidence and not to say run it back, but it shows you the guys that you can keep around and should be willing to keep around it drives with the value of some guys uh, yeah. but potentially, but it also lets you see too, like we were discussing about use of Saros previously that, okay, look, you don't need to go to free agency this summer and try to get a guy in. You don't need to worry about that. Saros is your starter. The next couple of years and then you worry about it when ask is ready to come over in a few years, but it also doesn't put that pressure that you immediately need him right now that at least, you know, what Saris is capable of. He can play this consistently as a starter and you do not have to address the situation. It's one less thing you have to address in the offseason, which is a very positive thing because goaltenders are not an easy thing to address in the off season. That's probably one of the most difficult positions to address
1: is yeah. The- so. We, we went from like, what ideal goal goalie situation do you want? And earlier I was saying that I want Soros and Reimer as a 1A, 1B. Now I'm saying I want Soros as a 1A, and then give me a number two somewhere. Whether it's Pekka coming back or another semi-journeyman kind of goaltender, sure, that's fine. But Soros needs to see 75% of the starts.
0: Absolutely. 100%. Like
1: 75 and then towards the end of the season – If they're in a playoff position, like bury that completely. We talked up the preds a lot here in the third segment. Um, John DM'd me, John Williams, friend of the show, at underscore get hooked. Um, He asked me, he said, I could see them sitting Ned Tuesday. Is that a dumb take? I don't think takes are dumb, by the way. I think they're either hot or they're cold. Right. I Um, I agree. I don't think that's a hot take. It wouldn't surprise me if they did it. But if I'm Rod Brindemore, I go right back to Ned for the confidence. For, for the confidence, for the holy hell, what incredible saves he made during the game. Right. Like this could have been a much higher scoring game. Nedeljkovic's rebound control was not great this game.
0: Yeah, that's the concern is the rebound control.
1: It was very, eh. but Nedeljkovic as a whole, his rebound control throughout the season has been excellent. He's one of the best goalies in the league at getting a rebound and shoveling it to the corner. Because as a goalie like he wants to play, which is sporadic all over the place, you got to be good at that because you got to use your reflexes to get back in that immediately. And his reflexes were unbelievable this game. These two goalies are just having a hell of a series. Even though some of the games have been high scoring, the saves they've been putting up, Nedeljkovic leads the playoffs in highlight real saves so far. I will say that.
0: Yeah, he's. I can understand it. And here's the reason why I say it's not a hot take is because I saw some national media people discussing it. Mm-hmm. That's how I know it's not hot. Granted, like they're not necessarily watching as closely because they have so many other things they have to juggle and watch all these other NHL games that are going on right now. So that's why I say it's not hot because other people discuss it. It's not just a fan thing that is being talked about. It is other media members are talking about as well that are around the league and tend to you know, read things and how coaches think and things like that. What would you it's do? definitely not hot. No, I'll start net as well. Uh, yeah. For the confidence purposes, because he had made some pretty stellar saves, and it's the kind of thing the team in front's got to be, be better. Dougie Hamilton's got to be better if the Dougie's been bad. Yeah, they, they they need him, they need Slavin
1: in. Uh they, they're, they're missing Slavin so bad. Yes. Uh, so I mean Slavin they're, they're is they're like things. the most defensively sound guy on that team, and now they have Honkapa, who is the most defensively sound. And you don't want him being the most defensively sound. I will say though, Max Lejois looked pretty good in this game. For a kid who's playing a second game since 2019. Oh, wait. Also, what's his
0: last name again? Don't do that. No, no. You, I, I want you to say because there's still people that are going full on English with it.
1: Lejoie. Right. He's French-Canadian. <laughs> I know. Max Lejoie. I know. Tabernacle. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Parlez-vous français? What? Oui? You mean it's Le not Lejoie? Le joy? <laughs> Le, je parle un peu français. Max Lejoie. Lejoie. Who's s'appelle Max Lejoie.
0: Man, listen to Matt go. I'm yeah. impressed. I'm a little turned on right now.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, we did have brunch in, uh, at the Paris Hotel in the Mon Ami Gabi.
1: Mm. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi?
0: Ce soir? Oui. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, 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 I agree, though. I, I think there's probably discussions, and it's one of those things, too, that maybe Rod Bridenmore does a little bit of gamesmanship and, in terms of not going to know things and not answer questions about it, and who knows. But I think it's Ned. It's, it's going to be Ned. It's other players that have to step up because it's not like the Predators are bombarding Ned with a lot of shots like the Canes are doing to Saros The Carolina Hurricanes skaters have to step up their game. Uh, it, that's the biggest thing. If Carolina is going to survive the series, it's the people in front of Ned that have to step it up because he's giving them a chance uh, to win. Could he be better? Absolutely, he could be better. He's also a rookie in his first playoff series as well. So, uh, understandably so. But for the confidence, for the sake of his confidence, if this was two veterans going back and forth, like what Chicago did when they beat Nashville uh, a few years ago, that's a little different when you have guys that are veterans coming in like this and you can switch them out and it's not going to ruin confidence but for a rookie yeah you, you got to keep going with that it's, yeah he's
1: a big part of your team's success it's the yeah. team in front of him that's letting him down
0: but the, the big thing right now the predators have all the momentum in the series they have all the momentum and that's typically what ha- it happens a lot right uh where the home teams will win the first two and then it's what this is what sits it down is game five is does the home team win Or does the visiting team put the pressure and they win, meaning Uh, the series has switched and the home. The series switches when the home team loses their first game.
1: I'm telling you right now, if the Predators win this first round, this will be the biggest upset in the first round. Not even close. Like, yeah, it it can't be considered an upset if the Oilers storm back and win uh, in seven. Like, that's not an upset. That's, that's, they could have won it, but they just sucked. Based on on seeding and based on, like, Overall, what everyone was saying, including us, like I still have canes and six, I still have it. I said it at the beginning and I think this was well, one. we got to own it. We got to Yeah, this is it. Like they can still canes and six can still happen. Would I love to see this go to seven? Y- yeah, yeah, I would. This it's is a that fun close. The series, series is close. But could this tilt immediately? Oh, yeah. She could tilt real quick. That's what I love about playoff hockey. And it feels like such a cop out comment and answer. But you're watching this Preds team show up now that did not show up in the regular season in this way at all. They're contending with big teams, which makes me go, you can semi-run it back next year. Not full run it back, but a partial run it back.
0: Well, it's, it's uh, at least increasing Matt Duchene's value if they still look to move him. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true too.
0: <laughs> which now, the, the more and more the Predators look good, the less likely it is that those big changes are going to be made. Right that's less likely because, but it also comes into play, which we need to spend another episode on what's going to happen. In expansion draft. All That'll this stuff fun. comes into question with that. All right, folks, as always, we appreciate tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us through our, our vacation week last week. I know we had a couple different types of episodes, but we are back. We are here for you this week. We'll have everything you possibly need. If there are certain topics you like like to discuss, whether it's on an off day between games or post game, You can always make sure you tweet us at LO underscore predators and at best of Matt at Justin B. Bradford. There's certain things you'd like us to do, like, for instance, some listener like John DMing Matt saying, hey, discuss this uh, or things like that. You know, if there's topics you want to hear our takes on, that's what we're here for. We want to give you the product that you want to listen to. So thanks for tuning in. Subscribe Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And we will talk to you next time.
1: Bye.